if I'm able to catch myself in the moment of kind of like being myself up, I can I put my hand on my heart mm-hmm. and I talk to myself the way that I would speak to a friend. That is beautiful. <laughs> This is your Kick Ass Life Podcast, episode number 324. This is the Your Kick Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self help and badassery. Because, ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, Ask Kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. I have a coaching episode here for you with a woman named Rebecca. I cannot wait for you to hear it. Rebecca is someone who was struggling with self-doubt and finding herself procrastinating on some tasks that were very, very meaningful to her, a big project in her life that was about taking big steps, stepping out of your comfort zone. So you're going to hear all about that in just a minute. I also wanted to mention that application are closing soon for the mentorship, which is my signature flagship group program. So if you resonate with what I tell you here on the podcast and are wanting something a little more, maybe you want more than just the information and you want to actually implement the things I tell you here and in my books, then the mentorship is perfect for you. You'll walk away with science-based tools to have more confidence, more self-trust, better relationships, better communications, AKA learning how to set boundaries, y'all, and so much more self-awareness. And you don't have to travel. It's all online. I know everyone's a little worried about getting on a plane. I hear you. But this program is all online. You won't have to worry about the amount of times you're washing your hands or using wipes at all. So head over to yourkickasslife.com slash the mentorship to fill out your application. All applications come directly to me and I will be in touch very shortly after that to let you know what your next steps are. The application does not obligate you to sign up for the program. It's just how you get to know yourself a little bit more, even just by filling out the application. So yourkickasslife.com slash mentorship. All right, let's shift over into this coaching episode. You will hear at the end, I do have an update for you. I wanted to get this episode out a little bit quicker than I had originally planned. And Rebecca is so awesome. I sent her a Facebook message and I'm like, hey, I know I said that I was going to give you two weeks to do your homework, (laughs) but do you have any updates for me? And she did. So I'm going to tell you all about that at the very end. So without further ado, here is this coaching conversation with Rebecca. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I have known you for a very long time. You have been someone who's been in a couple of my programs and has been in the Your Kick-Ass Life community for a long time. So Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that you're here. And will you start by telling people, where do you live? What do you do? All that good stuff. Um, I live in New York. Well, kind of split between New York and PA because I'm in a long distance relationship, but mostly New York. And I am a speech language pathologist and I have my own private speech therapy practice and am building an online parent coaching business for families with autism right now. And so this is a fairly new business, like private practice that you started because formerly you worked for like a school district. Isn't that right? Yes. So I had been doing, I started my private practice officially in like 2015, I believe, but I was just doing it like on the side for some extra money. And initially 
when I first started it, I worked at a not-for-profit school. So the Mm -hmm. goal was for it to be what it is now. But then when I switched to a public school setting, I was making a little more money and it became kind of that dream kind of got put on the back burner a little bit until I took your program. (laughs) And, um, and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's your dream. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of just, I realized that I was looking at all the things on my plate and um, which one of the things did I want to let go? And it was my full-time job. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And making a, making a long story short, you took the mm-hmm. leap, which I know was very scary and required a lot of a lot of transformational work on your end, but you did it. You mm-hmm. took the leap and now you're, you're in it. You are building yes. your own business. And what is the challenge specifically going on in there that you wanted to talk about today? So, well, when I read your book, how to stop feeling like shit. And I read the imposter complex chapter. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God, is this is a thing like get out of my head. <laughs> So I think I've mm-hmm. struggled with that a lot, not even realizing it. So some of that comes up a lot with building this business of having a lot of self-doubt, this feeling of like, I'm going to be found out one day that like really doesn't mm-hmm. know what she's doing, but, but I do. <laughs> but I yeah. have this like underlying feeling that like, because I don't have my PhD or I'm not a parent myself, that um, people are going to judge me or like, discredit the work that I'm doing, even though that that's never happened. It's the fear that I have. There's also with switching into this entrepreneur lifestyle where I'm self-employed and adjusting because I've just been employed for so many years of my life of having to wake up at a certain time and punch a clock at a certain time, mm-hmm. which honestly was draining on my soul. But now that I'm doing my own thing, I've been very um, self-indulgent almost in my mornings. And I still try to wake up early, but I spend a lot of time just reading and doing like my self, I'll meditate. It's like my self-care routine basically in the morning. And by the time I sit down to work, it tends to be like 10 or 11 a lot of days. And I feel a lot of guilt about that. Like I'm doing something wrong and I'm never going to be successful in business if I don't get going sooner. And almost like this internal sense of hustle that I'm not doing, but I am. Mm-hmm. So you feel like you're not doing enough. Yes, I oh that's been constant in my life. I always feel like I'm not doing enough and I do more than the average bear. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I'm sure you do. All right. Well, it's, it's kind of in two parts, but I, I want to start with the first thing you were talking about around your fear, around being found out. People are going to think you're not an expert because you don't have your mm-hmm. PhD. And I want to just like break the news to you, which you probably already know, is that people will judge yeah. you, right? Like we know this mm-hmm. is going to happen. It's It's going to happen. It happens whether you have your own private practice, it happens whether you work for a school, it happens whether you work at an office doing a completely different career, it happens if you're a stay-at-home parent yeah. <laughs> and don't go to an office. People judge and and that happens. And so my question for you with that as a fact that we know, what happens if they do judge you? Like, let's just get it all out on the table and talk about what could what could happen if they do. 
Well, I mean, because I've done so much of your work and your programs, I know what happens is it it brings up shame (laughs) within myself. And also I am pretty good at spotting that like, okay, so this is an unwanted identity that's being triggered right now. So I think, is that kind of what you're asking? Yeah. So like if some, like maybe you go to a conference or mm-hmm. something like that and they'll, and somebody, and I mean, this person would have to be an asshole, I feel like, but somebody's like, where did you do your doctorate? Mm-hmm. And then what happens? I would say, see, I don't know that that necessarily would trigger me. So give me an example of something that would. I think it would be around like not being prepared enough or making a mistake. Mm-hmm. I think that's really more where it would come into play, where I would just feel so shameful about it. Yeah. I can't think of a specific example, but it's around like those sorts of topics. Okay. So, you know, I love that you are so self-aware enough that you know you would fall into shame <laughs> and you know what's happening. <laughs> that's great. And I was actually not expecting you to say that. <laughs> like, oh, she remembers. Yeah. Oh, I- <laughs> chicks. Okay. So, you know, you know that you would fall into shame, mm-hmm. you know, probably what your physiological symptoms are and that it's one of your unwanted identities. And then what? Well, it depends, I guess. Sometimes what happens is if I'm not my best self, <laughs> um, it's like an endless loop, mental loop. And I can have the tendency to just like talk, 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 talk about it and feel like I can't talk about it with people enough. And I just, it's almost like something that just hijacks my, my brain completely. Mm -hmm. I have to say that I have been doing a lot of work on myself in the past months that have helped calm that kind of stuff for me because of this. Yeah. You mentioned you're doing some EFT tapping and meditating mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. So that's been helpful, but yeah, I feel like my go-to, oh, and like, I feel like if somebody calls me out on a mistake or something, my, cause I had a situation with a coworker where she kind of expressed her unhappiness about how I handled my recommendations for a student. And I, um, I wanted to lash out. (laughs) I wanted, you Mm -hmm. know, I wanted Mm -hmm. to like, which is normal. So it's hard for me to feel like if someone shoulds all over me, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. um, to not have the opportunity to, to express my own perspective and be heard. Okay. Which I want to just say again is completely normal human nature for us to want to defend ourselves immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back to what might happen if so you fall into shame, you know what's happening and and then what? Walk me through it. Um like in terms of what happens to me in that moment? Yeah, or what happens in your life? Are you saying like, um, like in reality or what I make up in my head? <laughs> in reality. Because <In> <laughs> we already know what you make up in your head. Well, I mean, in reality, for the most part, when something like that has happened, it's people are generally pretty forgiving. <laughs> like if mm-hmm. I make a mistake, because I'm a pretty accountable person and I'll just, you know, own up to whatever, like, oh, 
I made a scheduling mistake or something like that. And people are generally understanding. But I guess what the fear is, is that I will be, I will get in trouble. I'll lose my license as a speech pathologist. I'll lose my livelihood and I'll just be alone. (laughs) Okay, good. That's what I was looking for. Because whether or not that actually is a train of thought that you consciously go down, Mm -hmm. that is happening in your brain and in your body. Mm -hmm. It's total panic. I mean, that is like, that's death. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. It it feels like death. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. (laughs) And that's why it's so important to sort of poke at it and see what's underneath. Mm -hmm. And also, again, like totally normal. We all do this. It's that like old lizard part of our brain that's trying to keep us alive Mm -hmm. and trying like this is your comfort zone at work. Yeah. Saying, don't put yourself out there. Don't, you know, don't do too much because then you're at higher risk for making a mistake and then you could lose your license and then you could become destitute and starve to death. Yes. Yeah. And I think too, with, cause I do a lot of videos, um, right now I, and like you put that podcast out, I think it was last week about outshining the, the fear, fear of outshining. outshining. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's a thing for me too, because growing up in my family, I was the only girl. So I did get some special treatment. I was the girl and the baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, okay. and then my oldest brother really had a lot of struggles um, both in school and behaviorally and all of that. And also I was the one that got the best grades and, you know, I just, and I was the performer. So, and then my, my brothers would kind of, you know, I think go out of their way to, to knock me down a few notches Mm -hmm. (laughs) because of that. So Mm -hmm. I think that I also have that fear about shining as well. Okay. Like I remember in college being the person who would wait to raise their hand to see if anyone else was going to answer a question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's just pause right there for a okay. moment and take a deep okay. breath. Because that is something from childhood, from your family of origin that you have carried with you for decades. Mm-hmm. And this is not to blame and shame your siblings or your parents or, or anyone else. This is just things that happen in family systems that just happen. Mm-hmm. And I think also culturally, as you know, because you listen to that, that podcast episode, we as young girls are taught to be secondary, to not make people uncomfortable. I was just talking to a friend about this. I'm, I'm currently obsessed with the word conceited because I don't know about in your middle school, but like around middle school was when it was like the worst thing in the world for a girl to be conceited. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? You know, we, we try very much not to be the star, be the center of attention, all of those things. So I wonder, I'm also very curious to now in 2020, where both of those things are, when, when I should say, when both of those things show up for you, the fear of, um, you know, being found out Mm -hmm. of being judged and also the fear of outshining, where is that, where's that showing up in you moving forward in this new business that you have? Where's it holding you back? Well, what I'm afraid is it's, happening in very like covert ways, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? So like, like financially maybe, 
you know, for instance, like I know I need to get my bookkeeping in order and I need to like hire a bookkeeper. I just need to do it. And it's something that I keep just procrastinating on. Do you think there's an underlying reason? Cause you said it's showing up covertly. Like what's the covert thing there? Well, I'm, I'm curious if it's like a self-sabotage thing because I have this like this fear of being too big or too successful or mm-hmm. um, of just like having the ceiling for myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Which we all know what's happening here, right? What? It's upper limit stuff. <laughs> it sounds yes. like. Yeah. There's been so many of you have come on the podcast with this struggle. Okay. So be, because it seems to me from where I'm sitting that hiring a bookkeeper, maybe hiring a virtual assistant yes. is the next natural step in your particular business, yes. right? It's like, it's sort of um, the the playing big version, if you will, to take that from Tara Moore of this new chapter in your life. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you, I, I feel like when you wrote to me about this and you were talking about it and you, you said, there's these things that I've been dragging my feet and procrastinating on. And I, and maybe I'm making this up, but I felt like you kind of made it sound like they weren't a big deal and couldn't understand why you're procrastinating on it. But it seems very obvious to me based on what you've just shared with us why you're staying in your comfort zone. So you think that I'm staying in my comfort zone because of a fear of outshining or just because of the upper limit stuff? It could be both. Mm -hmm. It could be one or the other. I think it's a combination. I I think that you not taking these next steps Mm -hmm. is more symbolic than anything. I think it's, it's really... What will happen is once you do it, you're going to be like, that was a big deal. But but your subconscious is like, oh, don't do that because that's going to cost more money. And what are people going to think if you have an assistant, you know, using air quotes over Mm -hmm. here, if you have a bookkeeper, like, aren't you big for your britches? And and I'm making all of this up. I have no idea if those are the fears that are either consciously or unconsciously happening for Mm -hmm. you. But I think also just to shout out for anybody that's listening, I think we all face these parts of our lives, whether we are going to ask for a promotion, whether we are going to ask for what we want in the bedroom with our partner, whether we are going to hire a virtual assistant in our service-based business, like whatever it is, these next steps are kind of trigger something inside of us that that voice starts saying, better not do that. That's too much, you know, quote unquote, making a scene. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely isn't like a conscious thing, Mm -hmm. but it definitely is something that like, I guess my inner critic gets loud about because I'm like, why? What? This is so stupid. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) That's why I mentioned that it's more symbolic than anything because it's not really, I don't see it as so much as hiring a bookkeeper and a virtual assistant. I see it as you are taking the next big leap in your business. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime we're onto something big, our inner critic shows up fast and furious. Remember how, how chatty your inner critic was when you were just thinking about quitting your job? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the same. It's, you know, there's a saying in personal development that says new level, new devil. And I actually think it needs to be new level, old devil. 
because like it's, we get to these new levels and the old inner critic comes back. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same, it's the same shit that we've been dealing with our whole life. The trick is for you to like look it in the face and say, okay, I see you and I know what you're doing. You're trying to do your job. You're trying to keep me safe. And I appreciate that. You don't want me to starve to death. You don't want me to be destitute and ruin all my relationships. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I will be safe. So an exercise for you might be that you... Tell me about your EFT tapping. Are you... um, Because I know that that typically... And for anybody that doesn't know what that is, I'll, I'll throw a link in the show notes to like a beginner's guide to EFT tapping. I know that it's it's largely around sort of this meditative chanting um, and body work to make yourself understand and know that you're safe, correct? Well, the way that I've been doing it, um, and this is the only context that I've learned it and done it in, <clears throat> is around judgment okay. and learning to let go of judgment of self and others and also shame. I wonder if you could make just a slight adjustment and, you know, either add an extra exercise of EFT tapping where you're, where you're focusing on, because from where I'm sitting, it sounds like this is a a lot of just feeling unsafe. Okay. So what if you could try some EFT tapping or meditation or whatever it is that you want, or just chant to yourself, like do a rain dance. I don't care what it is, but (laughs) something that creates, Uh the vibration and the somatic experience, because I know that's something that you're used to doing, where you are telling yourself that you are like, it's safe for me to take the next big step in my business. It's safe for me to hire a bookkeeper. It's safe for me to hire a virtual assistant. Okay. Because the reality of it is, Rebecca, like even if you have a hard month or a hard quarter, Mm -hmm. You can press pause on the virtual assistant or the bookkeeper and pick up that slack yourself. Okay. And then come back around. And I and I tell you this from like 13 years of experience of owning my own business. Entrepreneurs have ups and downs. You may not ever have a moment where you have to, you know, push pause on your on the people that help you in your business. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it can help to just think about the reality of it. So I'll give you a quick personal example. I was coaching with my coach in November or December of last year. And the way that book royalties come out is it's every six months. And so I made a big decision to pull way back on doing any kind of group programs, which had always been a a decent source of my revenue. And then also as I am about to write this new book, I pulled back on private clients. So everything inside of me was like, what the fuck are you doing? This has been working. And this is how you make a living this is stupid. You're an asshole. Basically, my inner critic was telling Uh me that. And so my coach pointed out to me and she said, do you consider yourself a resourceful woman? And I was like, yeah, I I do. So she's like, so you're telling me that come January, if you look in your business account and you're down to a part where you're like, hmm, that looks a little, makes me a little nervous. I probably should do something because I'm not going to get another royalty check until April. Mm -hmm. So come January, if I see that, she's like, do you think that you could do something to come up with the revenue that you need to pay your salary and pay your team? And I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) So sometimes it just takes that thought process Mm -hmm. for you to really, and sometimes just crunching numbers. Yeah. 
to make you feel safe. I went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but I, I, I wanted to, to just look at the reality of it there for a second too. Well, while you were talking, I also kind of had a realization. I think that part of my hesitancy um, to hire a bookkeeper is that tapping into the whole like, because I haven't really been paying attention there, like I think I quote unquote should. So there's like maybe an embarrassment of like trying to hand it over to somebody and in mm-hmm. my opinion, it's a hot mess and they're going to be like, okay. what have you been doing? <laughs> um, so I think that that might be part of it too. Mm-hmm. So it's like hitting both of my upper limit things. <laughs> yeah. Worried about judgment over there too. Yeah. Which like, let me just like side note that if somebody's if you hire a bookkeeper and they say that to you, get a new bookkeeper. Okay. Like you don't need someone who's going to shame you. Right. You, <laughs> I have some recommendations for you, by okay, the way. Good. And also just another side note, like there are software out there that can like do it for you and you don't even like really need to talk to people and you don't need to spend a lot of money like in the beginning years of your, of your business. Okay. But, um, that's interesting. Okay. So what, again, I go back to that question of if that happens, if you hire someone and they, they get all your spreadsheets or your receipts. <laughs> pieces of paper that have numbers on them or or whatever (laughs) scribbles. And they say, this is a hot mess. What have you been doing? Like, then what happens to you? What's the reality? Um, The reality would probably be like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. That's why I'm here. (laughs) Yeah. Please help me. So then what happens? Do you just, do the two of you probably just move on from it or do they like continue to berate you or what happens? Well, yeah. Like you said, if they continued to berate me, I'd be like, okay, I don't think this is a good fit and I would move on. This is not going to work out. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But most likely we would go into problem solving mode and just figure out a system that works for our arrangement. Yeah. Yeah. I want to point out the, another reality of this mm-hmm. is that that's literally their job to help people to go from hot mess. Like, do you, I don't know if you get your hair done regularly, but like, do you go to the hair salon with perfect hair? No. <laughs> I, like mine's so bad. I wear a hat. <laughs> I try not to wash. I mean, I don't wash my hair regularly anyway. You can edit that out if you want. No. <laughs> I don't wash it regularly anyway, but I try to go to the hairdresser with my hair dirty because the color takes better. (laughs) And they're going to wash it anyway. Exactly. You're paying them for Mm -hmm. it. Right. So you walk into a hair salon, a little bit of a hot mess on the top of your head, right? Because you're paying them a service for a service to fix your hair. Yes. It's the same thing with this bookkeeper, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I feel like, like, and I'm not a bookkeeper, but I feel like rarely do they get people, especially people who are first timers who are hiring someone for the first time who are, who are maybe like in the first year or two of their business. Rare is the person who shows up with everything all tidy. Yeah. I might be wrong there, but I feel like you, you're going to be apologizing for something that you don't need to be apologizing for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's just my own stuff around money. 
because yeah. I've been doing, I've been working on my personal relationship with money for a while and in my personal accounts. And now that um, my business is all of my money, um, I'm having to like expand that work to two mm-hmm. accounts. And I like, so I had to switch from a DBA to an LLC And so the whole time I was a DBA, like I didn't really keep records. Like I just was doing Mm -hmm. like online accounting, (laughs) like looking at my, because it was such part-time income and all of that. And I guess I'm just like embarrassed about that and embarrassed to like tell someone else that that's the case. And again, because I think I'm going to get in trouble. I think I'm going to get like, I don't know the the mm-hmm. business boss is going to come and say nope you don't qualify for business <laughs> right isn't that interesting how much value we put on ourselves based on the numbers in our bank account yeah mm-hmm. which i think is a whole other conversation for us to have but i do want you to put that in your back pocket mm-hmm. because if there's any i mean for anyone listening who has a side hustle or is an entrepreneur themselves knows that you want to do a personal development workshop on yourself, start a business because (laughs) all of your shit comes out. Like the skeletons come out in droves Mm -hmm. (laughs) from the closet. They're doing like river dancing, like in your living room, (laughs) like trying to get your attention. (laughs) There's a few of them that are all about money. There's a few of them that are all about shining too bright. Mm -hmm. There's a few of them about family of origin. Like it's all there. Mm -hmm. I love that you are noticing that the the money is a thing. Mm -hmm. And my, I encourage you to keep your eye on that. And what I mean by that is just get curious get curious when you feel embarrassed, which I have a feeling that it's more than embarrassment than it's actually yeah. shame that you have mm-hmm. about like turning over and, and like true story, same over here. And I feel like I make a really good living. And still when, you know, I know that somebody's, I have an accountant and a CPA and a financial advisor. There's still a part of me that wonders like that voice that says, I wonder what they think of how much money you make. I wonder if they have other people in your industry that they know and if they're talking about you while they have happy hour. Like the truth of it is they're fucking not. Like they don't care. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They don't. But what I do in those moments is just get curious about it. And it's so much easier to let it go instead of allowing my brain to run away with stories. Yeah. Because when we allow our brain to run away with stories like... Oh, they're probably judging me. Oh, I'm am not gonna be able to do this successfully. I am gonna get found out. It's those moments that stop you from making the decisions to press forward with your business. Right. It's still gonna happen. You're still gonna have those moments of feeling judged and ashamed and things like that. Right. But if you get curious, there's a huge difference. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any? I was just about to say, I feel like I haven't given you any assignments. (laughs) I usually do. Well, I was just going to say, like, do you have any suggestions of like how to to like work through that, like in a curious way? 
So I have, let me, let me circle back and just sort of summarize because I do want you to maybe not necessarily shift the focus, but maybe add the focus of either doing your meditation or EFT tapping or whatever, focusing on telling yourself that you're safe. Okay. Because I, I, I do, I wonder if that feeling that vibration of just those words coming out of your mouth and through your body of I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm safe. I'm curious to see what happens there. So I would love an update on that. Okay. And then in terms of suggestions around like what to happen, what to do when you are faced in those situations, is that what you're asking for? Like when you're in those kind of paralyzing situations where you're feeling ashamed either around money or feeling like you're going to be found out, feeling like a fraud, is that that's what you're asking, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes like, I feel like I don't even have the ability to recognize it in the moment (laughs) Mm -hmm. or so much as it like happens in hindsight, maybe. I don't know. Okay. That's okay. If it's, and this is all practice, you know, for people, I think that they think that we can get to a point where we can totally be rid of these moments. And that's not the case. Like the difference is, is that you get to a point where you recognize them very quickly. You've heard me say that ad nauseum as I lead programs that you've been in, that the the goal or the win is that when you're in one of those situations, when you're talking to your bookkeeper for the first time and you're saying like, okay, here's all my stuff, I'll email you, the, you know, all these papers or whatever, mm-hmm. here's my whatever. And you have that feeling like that wash of uneasiness. Maybe you know that it's shame. Maybe you just know that you feel really uncomfortable or maybe you later f- are picking a fight with your partner and can't figure out like what the hell's going on with you. And like, maybe it's PMS, like, or, or maybe it's that I just took this really big step. That's hindsight. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Like just so long that you figure it out somewhere along the way. Again, I would love the goal to be that you do realize it in the moment, mm-hmm. but that doesn't always happen for people. So I'm going to remind you what the steps of shame resilience are. Do you remember them before I start saying them? Um... Pop quiz. Recognize, <laughs> recognize that yeah. I'm in shame. Mm-hmm. I feel like I forget. I think that the- so. What are okay? So yes, the first couple are know that you're in it and know why you're in it. Okay. So it's knowing that you're in it, and that's why it's important to to know what your physiological response is. I mean, it's not mandatory, but it's helpful mm-hmm. to know what happens to your body when you're in shame. Okay. Uh, And then knowing why. So that points back to what you were talking about, knowing what your triggers are. Like, oh, I know that this is one of my unwanted identities. I know that this comes from when I was little and, you know, that that stuff with your siblings. Mm -hmm. So that's not quite as important, but it's really helpful in being, becoming resilient. And then the last two are the remedies. Do you know, remember what they are? Talk to someone that you, that, has earned the right to hear it. Mm-hmm, that you trust. Mm-hmm. And then what's the other, the last one? The last one has to do with you and it's something that you practice for yourself. Is it self-compassion? Yes, it is, Rebecca. <laughs> what the fuck is self-compassion. that? <laughs> that was a pop quiz too for any of you who have taken the mentorship. Um, yes, that's what it is. And those don't need to be in any particular order, the last two. And sometimes empathy, you know, hoping that you can get empathy from someone, Mm -hmm. that is sometimes complicated because 
we're relying on other people to show up for us as we need. Right. So without getting too much into that, that's, a, that's something for another time. Do you have people in your life whom you trust enough who you could come to with stories like that who would understand and hopefully provide empathy for you and see you and hear you? Yes. Okay, good. So it would be about telling them what happened. And just say like, the, the strangest thing happened today. I was at the accountant and this happened and you don't need to downplay it. Like, you know, your friends best. Mm-hmm. It's sharing your story. With, and this is what Brene says with someone who's earned the right to hear mm-hmm. it. What I say, you know, I call them your compassionate witness. Mm-hmm. And then also lots and lots of self-compassion. Yeah. What does self-compassion look like for you? Well, um, I've worked on that a lot since I've done the mentorship. Uh, and I find that what I end up doing, if I'm able to catch myself in the moment of kind of like being myself up, I can I put my hand on my heart mm-hmm. and I talk to myself the way that I would speak to a friend. That is beautiful. <laughs> so does that happen every single time? No. And like the okay. times that it does <laughs> I, I happen, asked you that just so people would know what the reality yeah, looks like. Yeah, no, no, no. And the times that it does happen, like I'll, I'll be like, put my hand on my heart and be like, of course you feel that way. That makes so much sense to me that you would feel that way. And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing it. I'm practicing self-compassion. <laughs> I love it. I love this so much. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm so, and I just want to say, I'm so proud of you for doing that because it's not... I think what happens for some people is they they hear about self-compassion and they're like, that is so weird <laughs> and hokey because it's it's not something we've done. Like we're so used to beating ourselves up. Mm-hmm. And for some people, like thinking that's the thing that motivates us, like that's the thing right. that's going to help us get our shit together yeah. with our with our books. That's the thing that's going to get our shit together in terms of pushing ourselves to the next level of our business or our relationship or our goals or whatever. Mm-hmm. And self-compassion is actually the thing that's going to get you there. And I'm the same. It's not perfect every time, but my gosh, even if you could get it great 25% of the time, 50% of the time, that's a huge win. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is my answer is, it was like, look at it from a meta view is when you find yourself in those moments is to consciously, I was going to say act out. (laughs) Maybe it's because I know you've you're, you've done theater. <laughs> is to consciously practice is the word I was looking for. Consciously practice the steps of shame resilience. Okay, and this is one of those things that um, you know it's it's not necessarily journaling like you can, but it's it it doesn't look like it's these huge action steps that are tangible and you can check off the boxes, but. This has the power. I mean, this is science-based. This is based on Dr. Brene Brown's methodology of, gosh, a decade and a half, I think, of research Mm -hmm. that it works, like that as humans, we all experience shame. And and I want to point out something too for people who might not be seeing that this is shame, like what you've been talking about, is that this is the way shame works. It's these fears that we have of being judged, criticized, found out. Um, ridiculed that hold us back and that it's working in our lives. I think when people think of shame, sometimes they think that it's, you know, these like obvious shaming moments that we see online or that we see 
on videos or just in our lives where people are being hateful to us or just kind of like getting us below the belt. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like that's shame too. Yeah. But when shame is working in your life, it's exactly what you were describing. Yeah. And I love that you use the word covert because that's what's happening. Well, that was the thing for me. Like when I first started learning about shame and even like reading like the beginning of your book about shame, I was like, I don't have shame. Like what, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? But then I think it, you stated it in a way that um, you might or may, I don't know if it was you or Brene Brown or whatever, but you might not be experiencing shame. But what you're doing is you're running your life frantically to avoid feeling it. And like that landed for me, like that's what I was doing with all of those things was let people. I'm so glad you caught that in the beginning of the book, because when I was writing it, I was like, please God make people read this part and not just like be driving and listening to it on audiobook and not pay attention because that's what I was hearing over and over again from people in my community is like, I don't walk around feeling shame. And I was like, you might not, but it's still running your life. Mm -hmm. If you're engaging in perfectionism or sometimes procrastination, numbing out, isolating, then it's running your life. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. And Brene talked about that actually in our Daring Way training. And I was like, head explosion over here. Oh my God, these are my people. And that's why I wrote about it at length. And I'm, I'm so glad that you recognize, and I hope people listening can start to recognize it in their life that it, I think what, this is what Brene says. She says, whether or not you know what your triggers are, they're running your life. Mm-hmm. And the more you know about them, the more you can know exactly when they happen, look at them straight in the face and decide on a different choice for yourself instead of isolating or procrastinating or beating yourself up. You can choose to hire the bookkeeper mm-hmm. to do all of these, these next steps in your business. Right. Or whatever it is for people. Yeah. Okay. So let's like kind of wrap it up. And I did only give you a couple of assignments. What was your biggest takeaways? And do you have any assignments that you want to give yourself based on this conversation? Yes. (laughs) So I find that I do a little better when I have something or somebody to be externally accountable to. (laughs) Perfect. So Mm -hmm. I think it would help me. um, Like I, I do a lot of studying about executive functioning skills because of the work that I do with kids. And Mm -hmm. when I took the little executive functioning survey, my goal directed persistence was like skyrocket high. And my task initiation was like the lowest it could be. (laughs) Interesting. So um, it helps me to have like somebody that I have to be accountable for to get over that limitation I have in task initiation. So if you could impose some sort of like a deadline upon me of when I have to Mm -hmm. like set up a meeting with the bookkeeper or, or write out a list of tasks that I could delegate to a virtual assistant, um, something like that. I think that would help me kind of get the ball rolling. Okay. So how long do you need? Would it be too fast to say a week? Would it be too long to say a month? Um, no, I think I could, I think a week would be fine. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So by one week you will have what? Be specific. I will have contacted a bookkeeper to at least set up like an initial meeting. Do you have referrals or do you need to ask for referrals first or do you need to do the research? Uh, Yeah, I do need to do the research and 
okay. who I want to use. Yes. So in a week, you'll have at least contacted a bookkeeper to talk to them about their rates and what they can do and things like mm-hmm. that. Okay. And then what about the virtual assistant? Ironically enough, I connected with someone through one of my B-school groups that was like looking out, looking to take on people to be a virtual assistant Mm -hmm. for. So I feel like I could maybe reach out to her and kind of see what, what her rates are and her services and all of that and just kind of gain some information. Okay. And then you're good with the other more personal development assignments that I gave you too, right? Yes. So I'm going to get, try to get curious in moments of shame, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm going to review the, the steps of shame resilience. And I'm actually wondering if I should go through that um, unwanted identities exercise and actually like put pen to paper and do it in terms of like my business and my career. A hundred percent. Yes. Um, And then I have to focus on telling myself that I'm safe. Yes. Um, I actually talk about that just for people listening in my book. I will put the page number in the show notes for people to, and maybe it's just the chapter that it's in because I know a lot of you have it on Audible. And um, also we dive into it at length in the mentorship. So that will be for those people. And then practice the steps of shame resilience and get curious. And then you had the thing with the EFT tapping. Yes. So... So do that and around the idea of it's safe to to grow and expand as a business owner. Yes, it's safe to grow and expand as a business owner. I love that. And I love that you came up with a mantra that was specific for you. Oh, I didn't realize that's what I just did. <laughs> yeah. I, was just I don't remember saying it. I might have. No, I was just <laughs> paraphrasing. So, okay. Okay. Amazing. Uh, thank you so much for being incredibly transparent. And I think that people listening, even though they might, might might not be in the same circumstances that you are with your particular job, can definitely relate to having these challenges. So thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you. I'm going to check in with you in a week okay. and give everyone an update in just a second here. And um, yeah, I just want to say I'm really proud of you. Oh, thank you so much. And I thank you for all of your help in. I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have you as my coach basically for the entire year of 2018, (laughs) definitely, um, and beyond. And thank you so much for this opportunity to be coached on your podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. You're so welcome. Okay, everybody, I'll be right back with an update. Stay tuned. Okay, and now for the update section. But first of all, did you hear some of yourself in Rebecca, some of her hesitation, some of her fears? That's why I love to have these particular episodes for you because I the feedback that I get is that you really love them. Even if you're not in the same circumstance as that person, you have a lot of the same challenges that the people that come on 
have. All right, as I said, I sent her a message and she was so great to get back to me and let me know what she has done in the last week. She said that she booked two bookkeeper appointments because she knew that I was going to hold her accountable for it. And that once she made those appointments, she felt like the resistance faded away and she got more momentum. She has also been doing her EFT tapping using her mantra, it's safe for me to grow and expand my business. So I want to turn that on you for just a, just a minute here before I get back to her update. If you have something, you know, if, if you listen to this episode and you thought, okay, I have resistance around something. I'm feeling unsafe in this particular part of my life. You know, maybe it's your primitive fear responses going off that doesn't really make any sense. Use that mantra. I encourage you to try EFT tapping. You can look it up on YouTube for some really great how-to videos out there, or even just meditate or do some yoga, take a walk in nature, all of those things to slow down. Even if you are doing dishes or you are on the subway or you're in the shower or you're straightening or curling your hair, those moments that we have in our life where our brain is allowed to slow down and sometimes our brain wanders off into places where our inner critic might like to come in. I would like you to use that time instead to have a mantra that you tell yourself. Again, Rebecca's is, it's safe for me to grow and expand my business. Maybe yours is, it's safe for me to step out of my comfort zone. It's safe and helpful for me to set boundaries. It's safe for me to say no. It's safe for me to say yes. Whatever it is that you feel is causing you resistance and causing you to hold yourself back. That's what I would love for you to come up with, a mantra telling yourself you're safe in places where your old primitive brain is telling you that you're not safe. Okay, back to the update. She also said that after our coaching session, she got more coaching from someone else to dig deeper on another fear that she has and also took action from there that helped her. She said that just putting a voice to these fears and concerns to other people has been enough for her to be able to take action and overcome the fears. Hallelujah. Do y'all hear that? That made me so happy to hear her say that. Coaching works, y'all. Even if you don't get coaching, maybe you can't afford it and you can't. And also, P.S., there are plenty of people out there who are going through their coaching certification who need, you know, kind of like beauty school. My mom used to take me to this beauty school to get my, and I got a perm when I was, I think in fourth grade, I begged my mom for a perm. She's like, it's too expensive. I don't trust that you're going to like it. So she took me to the beauty school where it was a lot less expensive. And guess what, you guys, I did end up hating it. But that's not my point. My point is, is that you can get coaching for very affordable rates, coaching schools, have brand new coaches or people that are going through certification who will coach you as their practice clients for very, very affordable rates. I I say that because, again, coaching works. Obviously, I'm an evangelist for it, but I want to repeat what Rebecca said. She said, just putting a voice to these fears and concerns to other people has been enough for me to be able to take action and overcome them. I want to highlight something It's not just people. It's, you know, you're not going to voice these concerns and fears to people who are going to indulge you in these fears and concerns, who are going to say, you're probably right. You shouldn't take the, that, 
next step in your business. You probably shouldn't start dating again. You probably shouldn't set those boundaries with that person where it's long overdue. No, it's someone who is going to encourage you, maybe someone who is unbiased, who's really just coaching you on the fears, not so much particularly the situation or the other person involved and things like that. All right, I'm getting entirely too excited about this. I just really get fired up when people can look their own fears in the face, give voice to them, and then overcome them. I just, I I get all fired up about it. Blows my skirt up. I'm going to drop in the show notes for you an episode that I just thought of. Did you guys hear the episode that I did a few months ago called Dear Fear when I was writing my book proposal and I was all up in my head about it and so afraid and nervous? I'm going to drop that in the show notes if you haven't heard it. It was a solo episode. And also, I want to just point out one quick thing, too, that I heard in this particular episode where Rebecca mentioned something called ideal and unwanted identities. And last week, Dana mentioned it as well. And that is something both of these women learned in the mentorship. And funny thing, as I was going through the program and training Nicole Whiting, who is going to facilitate the group coaching calls she she said something about that particular tool and how amazing it was and how eye-opening it was. And I'm like, this tool can change your life. It's in the mentorship. We get more than halfway through before we do it. It is one of those tools where once you learn it, it is so easy to be able to spot your own shit, to be able to say, oh, that's why I'm behaving that way. And you start to see it in other people too. And it helps you be more compassionate to those other people. So again, I encourage you to head over to yourkickasslife.com slash mentorship. Check it out. We go over ideal and unwanted identities in that particular program. I only teach it once a year. I have no idea if I'm going to teach it next year. (laughs) I'm not one of those people who's like, yes, I'm going to commit every single year. We have taught it This will be our sixth round, and this work is transformational. All right, everybody, I'm going to stop talking. Thank you so much for being here. You know how valuable that I think your time is, and I so appreciate that you spend it here with me. And until next time, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.